This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome back to Grassroots Marketing on CannabisRia.com. And my next guest uh, handles all legal affairs. For legal affairs and strategy for the largest cannabis investor in Michigan, headquarters are Indianapolis. They're a vertically integrated cannabis company, growing processing retail sales licenses, and a control over a quality product from seed to sale. And joining me right now is the chief legal and strategy officer of Stash Ventures, Katie Wiley. Katie, thanks for being on. Hi. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Morning. Thanks for being on with us. So, You've been working along with the CEO, Scott Moorhead, and the onus is that a regulated market is essential to end the black market. And that's one of the really important effects I want to bring up. Now, in Indiana, how much of an effect is the illicit market? We know we've talked plenty about the bigger states when it comes to California, what is already starting to exist in New York, the kind of cracking down they're having to do. But in a state like Indiana or Michigan, how effect, how much of an impact is it making? I think you would have to talk with a lot of our public safety officials to get the true statisticals uh, as to the, the volume of black market. But we do know anecdotally that there is a heavy amount of black market cannabis in the state of Indiana. If you look at um, our mental health statistics and other things, utilization of cannabis is something that is reported. We also know that from a volume of sales in the states around us as to how much cannabis is being sold, we can easily extrapolate that that similar volume would be in the state of Indiana. And so you're looking at approximately a billion dollars of revenue in some of our neighboring states. There was an op-ed that both you and Scott wrote for IndyStar.com and mentioning about how executive leaders in Indiana could help create a new industry bringing hundreds of millions of dollars because Indiana is one of the few states that is not medical or adult use. What can you tell me at the moment, where have efforts been so far to make it where it could be a ballot issue or the legislature can actually go ahead and make a passage? What is the, what's the requirement? What's the, the hurdle that's holding Indiana from becoming medical or adult use? 
So Indiana is a state that does not allow ballot initiatives. We have absolutely definitive polling that the constituents in the state of Indiana do want a legalized and regulated cannabis market. So what we've had to do is work hand in hand with the legislators. So we have been actively advocating for multiple years to bring a regulated market to the state of Indiana. We worked with both sides of the political aisle We've worked in multiple chambers, obviously within the Senate and the House um, within the state of Indiana, as well as the executive branch. So what we've done is tried to start with education. We started with bringing multiple um, lawmakers to our facilities in the state of Indiana to demystify the industry of cannabis. So a, a lot of lawmakers, without knowing enough about the industry, associate it with the black market, more of a back alley kind of negative connotation. But when we demonstrate to them how an actual vertically integrated cannabis business works, they're able to see that it translates into most either manufacturing um, or clean type businesses, like a pharmaceutical type operation. Then we've also done um, some commissioning of research So we did um, a polling study for public opinion, as I mentioned earlier, that showed that across the state, a majority of the citizens of the state of Indiana would support a legalized cannabis industry. Then I was asked to participate um, in a summer study session by our legislation last September, where we did a little bit of education on both sides of the issue of a regulated cannabis market. Throughout the winter, when we had an active session within the state of Indiana, we did meet with multiple lawmakers and had some proposed legislation that was able to at least make it to the conversation, but was never actually taken to committee or to the floor for a vote. So right now, what we are also doing is still working on public education, on lawmaker education. And we have been having some behind the scenes conversations that I think will get some legs. um, And I don't think I'm spoiling the surprise for anyone that an additional summer study session on some potential topics related to cannabis will in fact be this summer. And one of the issues when it comes to the illicit market is because you're getting a lot of product that's coming in from Michigan into Indiana. Yes. Yes. And what can you say about the fact of with that right there, having that kind of issue where neighboring states already have cannabis already legalized in those respective out of, you know, what, 37 plus right now we already have for medical. I mean, don't they see that they're, you know, the police are being overburdened with this issue when if you just legalize it, just much like other neighboring states have already done. You know, what's their response? Are policymakers with the fact you already show that what the Indiana Public Broadcasting Poll shows 85% you know, positive interests that want to have cannabis legalized, are the policymakers ready to go ahead and do the will of the people? So that's an active discussion. Um, we have found that there's some reticence. Uh, I think there's a fear that they are, quote unquote, introducing um, a vice to the state of Indiana. And as we just mentioned, we know the volume of Indiana residents that are being sold to in other states is far larger than the number we frankly know. Um, As a legal cannabis company, we have retail operations in the state of Indiana or in the state of Michigan, I apologize. Um, And we can track based on people's driver's license, the fact that people from Indiana are buying in Michigan. And so our education of the lawmakers is really, we're not introducing this. We are simply protecting 
the Indiana um, constituents from, you know, whatever they may be buying in another market or off of the illicit market. So while Stash Fishers is a, the largest investor in Michigan, the onus is to have Indiana become an open market for legalized cannabis. So it's also investment dollars are going to that. And the one thing you're showing proof positive of how important this is, is that the policymakers money talks. The fact mm-hmm. that in the story, it says you spent almost $200,000 in 2022 towards lobbying efforts. That's a, that's quite a haul compared to what, you know, cannabis lobbying is being done for the, in Washington, DC, which is in the area of what 40 million, I think it is. Or mm-hmm. when compared to what, 200 million or, or like a quarter of a billion dollars that big pharma spends on a regular basis. That's it's significant. And unfortunately, when you look at what you have to go and do just to get Indiana to play ball, you know, is it, it are the lobbying dollars really making the effort worthwhile? Do you feel like you're going to get, what's the, I mean, do you see there's a, a chance of a window of time to where it's not just if, but when, and, do you think it's just, I mean, is the lobbying dollars enough to get this over the finish line? And can the, and cannabis, can cannabis get the same thing if there's more lobbying dollars being put in towards the D.C. policymakers, policymakers? We absolutely do believe that federal cannabis legalization is an a when, not an if. That was part of our determination of whether or not to enter the industry back in 2019. So we, we made the evaluation that the tides had turned, that general populations were not viewing this in such a negative light, that many um, residents within the USA are absolutely advocating for cannabis legalization. And so when we we take that and we say, okay, let's, let's go to the Midwest, let's go to a state that we think will do a great job in regulating cannabis. And so we, we did elect to go to Michigan. Um, the state of Indiana is a is a when as well make our executive branch being that they they don't want to consider legalization until it's federally legal we've had other discussions with lawmakers that say no we probably should curve and most of that particular argument is something that we have advocated um for frankly that if we wait until federal legalization in the state of indiana The states that have already legalized cannabis will then be able to import into the state of Indiana. As a Michigan, we know we have excess capacity under our current license structure. And so we could increase cannabis production simply to ship across state lines. However, if we act now as a state of Indiana, everyone has the the need to build an intrastate fundamental business from a a vertical vertical retail operation. So you go from cultivation, processing, and down to the retail. Um, Those are the more sophisticated, generally higher paying jobs. We have a larger workforce then that would be supported in the state of Indiana. And so we, we continue to advocate that acting quickly would be to the state of Indiana's financial benefit um, not just leaving us with retail operations, which are fantastic. It's a great industry, and we want that too for the state. But if you look at the way to increase positive economic impact, it would be to go before federal legalization at a full interest state level. When you've talked to policy, our bodies come in different shapes and sizes. So doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? 
That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply makers because of what you're doing because of the fact that stash ventures also is parent company to timber cannabis uh mm-hmm. own dispensaries hold seed to sell business you not only are just you know in the investment field you also are investing in your own company and you already understand the benefits of what michigan is getting from this and the kind of revenues coming in for in, in terms of tax dollars because of what timber probably puts in just like any other dispensary does in michigan has that swayed the Indiana legislators? We firmly believe that adding the hint of professionalism that we can bring from Stash Ventures, which obviously is doing business as High Minded, which is the cultivation, High Minded Creations is processing in timber. Cannabis is our retail operation. We believe the depth of experience that we have is adding to the volume of conversations. This was kind of a dead on arrival type issue a few years ago with lawmakers and policymakers. Now they can understand that there are actual businessmen and women who are getting involved in the industry that will bring a healthy industry to the state of Indiana. This isn't, you know, years ago where the perception of the cannabis industry was just a bunch of hippies smoking on state house lawns, right? This is a viable industry. There's economic benefit there's safety benefit, and there's health benefits that are proposed. So I think there's a a larger conversation that is taking place than ever has before. And I hope that we're contributing positively to that conversation. And for the story from uh, Indianapolis Business Journal, Mm -hmm. I made the point that there were 13 cannabis-related bills passed, or that was put in front of the Indiana General Assembly, but none of received the committee hearing i mean just even the chance to go through i don't is it more of a political polarization that's really been the issue more than anything else because of where indiana stands in terms of where their legislature sits in terms of republicans democrats is it even more that of an issue more than anything else you feel like well there was one bill on decriminalization that was at least heard at the committee level and we had the opportunity to testify for that bill. It was not taken for a vote, um, but we had the opportunity to at least continue the conversation. Now, as to why 
it, it wasn't taken for a vote. It wasn't um, other bills weren't allowed to have discussion at a committee level. That is a leadership uh, decision within our policymakers. Um, we do have some staunch advocates that they don't want to have this conversation despite what their constituents would say. So we've been advocating over the past few months to anyone on either side of this um, decision to call your lawmaker, to reach out to them, to let them know this is an issue that is of importance, to have the conversation, if nothing else, right? So we can't advance an issue until we understand it, until we, as we said, demystify the industry. Uh, we are open to people who don't agree with us. We want to have a very constructive conversation as to the way that Indiana should regulate this. Other states have done good jobs and bad jobs at the regulation. I think there's a lot of discussion there. Um, and we have an opportunity as a state that's later to the game to take what has worked, to do it right, to, you know, we have a saying here in the state of Indiana, you know, we have Hoosier values, which is real and is true. And we live by those as a company as well. And so how do we take our Hoosier values, some common sense, and get to the point that regulation is done well in the state of Indiana, rather than simply ignoring that the conversation needs to take place. Meanwhile, Delta 8, Delta 9 TC is being sold in, in, in stores in Indiana now. So, I mean, there's already something of some <laughs> nature because of the hemp bill being in place. And you don't want to stop anything with that. But for whatever reason, they don't want to allow cannabis in, in a med, at least in a medical sense, because I just try to figure out why this has been such a issue, because if there's such a response for it, I mean, I guess keep fighting the good fight. I don't know why in the end I've been so, so resilient or so resistant to this, but it's that I don't think they're doing enough to go with that. I think this is one of those, they need to go ahead and concede to this fight. I'd really feel like that's what it is. For, I don't know what the, the holdup is. I'm, I'm pretty sure Texas will be one of the last states to finally legalize <laughs> at the end of the day, or they'll just wait for legalization to happen federally, which right. I don't think is going to happen three to five years. I think it's going to take much longer. So states need to go ahead and be able to green light themselves. But it's also the fact, it's like you said, the ballot initiative, is that something that could be brought into place? Can there be an amendment that can be brought in by the citizens to say, listen, we need to go ahead and add this into the, into the constitution of legalization, put it as an amendment. Can that be done? The, I, let me think on this. So essentially no, I mean, I, I don't think that we would have enough legs to get a full amendment to create a ballot initiative for this particular issues. We've seen other significantly volatile issues in the state of Indiana over the past few years from a policy standpoint that maybe would have been also on the list of things that, you know, the, the public might say were worth a bigger conversation. And those didn't take a ballot initiative route. I do think that there are opportunities um, to really incentivize lawmakers into this conversation. So we are going to engage in some public conversations related to how people can contact their legislators and policymakers to go ahead and invite them to this particular conversation, right? So if they don't know how to contact their lawmaker, if they don't know that the words that 
matter to a lawmaker are, I am going to place my vote based upon this particular issue. There are, there's ways to invite them. Um, obviously, we're continuing to invest in the conversation within the state. We, we firmly believe in the economic benefits of cannabis legalization. If you, if you look at the scope of that conversation, you know, we've told them it's, I think as of March of 2022, states reported a combined revenue of $11.2 billion mm-hmm. from legal adult use cannabis. If that doesn't incentivize the state, which it hasn't yet, um, we are in a, a revenue positive place as a state, which is a good thing. Um, then let's talk about the health benefits, right? There are millions of people who suffer from chronic pain. Indiana has a significant opioid issue. This is something that we have asked them to solve time and time again. And is cannabis on the potential list of solutions for that particular issue? We think it is. Um, I mean, frankly, I'm a sister of an addict. I am a mother of teenage children. The, The fact that we allow Delta 9 that isn't regulated, that it isn't regulated, at least to the depth that THC is, you know, we've advocated to lawmakers, don't start with just a medical program, put the medical standards on the adult use program in the state of Indiana. There is no reason that we shouldn't act to protect Hoosiers in the exact same way, no matter whether you're buying for medical purposes or for recreational use. We are all for the highest standard that you want to place on the cannabis industry. Uh, We don't want chemicals. We don't want metals. We don't want anything additional in our products that could harm the consumer or, you know, frankly, anyone. Um, And as a parent, I want to know, frankly, if my kids get their hands on something, which is not out of the realm of possible, that I want to know what's in it. And I want to know what's not. We have, in addition to the opioid problem, a fentanyl issue in the state of Indiana. So I am not certain why that in and of itself isn't enough to incentivize lawmakers into this conversation. So frankly, if we can't go through economic safety, then we move into you know all of these other conversations just around responsible legislation. No matter what that looks like, no matter what business industry it is, we as lawmakers and policymakers, we invite you to really think through this particular issue. One last question, Katie. Sure. Have you gotten a lot of any kind of side-by-side support from any of the national organizations from Normal, from Marijuana Policy Project, any of the lobbying groups, CPAIR, U.S. Cannabis Council, any of those reached out to what you're doing right now and have they also aligned with you in these negotiations with the policymakers? We have had a lot of requests for a more consortium style uh, advocacy. We thus far had taken an individualized approach simply because we wanted to bring the independent professional aspect to the industry conversation, but we are entertaining um, whether or not there are particular issues that we ought to join others in. All right. Wonderful. And now let me go and take a minute. They're going to talk about stash ventures and timber cannabis. They're going to give both uh, stash ventures is stash ventures.com and then timber cannabis the parent company with the the specialties of michigan is timber cannabis co.com timber cannabis co.com and real quickly uh, take a minute to go and talk about both and how people can go ahead and learn more and what they can do to also connect with you if they also want to be able to help in this plight to get indiana to become cannabis friendly yeah absolutely so stash ventures um is 
our main parent company. We invite anyone to learn about us that obviously you've given the website. Um, we've got a, a very knowledgeable leadership team. We've got some people placed in Fishers, Indiana, and others in Mount Pleasant, Michigan. Our main cultivation facilities are in Mount Pleasant, Michigan, as well as Owasso. Um, we really do appreciate the Central Michigan folks um, and our relationship with the CRA, which is the Cannabis Regulatory Asso Association in um, Michigan. If people want to learn more about timber, obviously you can check the website, but our socials are very active for both high-minded, which is our cultivation, high-minded creations, and timber cannabis. So any of those are available on Instagram. We keep a, a heavy conversation going simply because not only do we want people to know the products that we sell, because frankly, we cultivate what we sell and we only sell what we love. But we want to educate consumers, right? There is a whole conversation around that. We also have been um, adjusting and making sure that our culture represents who we are. And so we started a new philanthropic giving organization called Higher Hopes. You can find out more about that too. Um, it is endeavoring to give grants to local organizations to make sure that we are investing in the communities in which we live and work and play. Um, so we appreciate anyone entering that conversation with us on socials from a sales standpoint. If you're looking to get involved in the legalization efforts, you can reach out to me. Um, this is not an organization where we hide our leadership. So my email, frankly, is katie, K-A-T-I-E dot Wiley, W-I-L-E-Y at stashventures.com. We questions and we will absolutely try to respond in a timely fashion. I do get a lot of emails, but you know, we invite people to join us in these efforts. Appreciate you taking time out and letting us know what's going on in Indiana. Let's definitely keep out. Well, we're definitely going to keep in touch and make sure that we see Indiana eventually become cannabis friendly, medical and adult use. They should be one of the, alongside the other 37 states that have already allowed such measures let's hope for that to happen thanks for putting the good fight out there you scott and julie and the team of timber cannabis and stash ventures thanks for making something going to join us katie really appreciate it absolutely happy to have this conversation anytime when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply